Hello, and welcome to episode 422 of the Perceptive Photographer podcast, where we're going to be talking today a little bit about meaning in work. I am your host, Daniel Gregory. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of your time this week to check out the podcast or listen to the podcast or catch up on the podcast. But no matter why you're listening, I really do appreciate those few minutes you give me each week. I just want to remind everybody, next week is the Photoshop Creativity Virtual Summit, a free week of creativity and Photoshop training. I'll be speaking on finding your voice and vision, as well as easy printing concepts in mostly Lightroom, but how to use Photoshop and Lightroom together to get easier printing options. Not a one, two, three class, more of a shotgun of a bunch of different techniques and concepts for that. So make sure you take advantage of that. The link to register for that conference is in the show notes. This week, I wanted to talk about something related to meaning in photography and meaning of photography. And for anybody who knows me and knows the kind of work I do, the meaningful image is the umbrella which all my workshops sit. I teach a masterclass on the meaningful image. So thinking about meaning and communicating our true voice into our work is something that is really important to me to help people identify with. And it's important for me in my own work, in my own process. And one of the things that's come up a couple of times with somebody asking about, and the question gets phrased a couple of different ways, but it essentially boils down to, is there a single meaning in a photograph? And of course, there's not a single meaning in a photograph. Two people can look at a photograph and have two completely different interpretations. But a corollary to that, which is today's topic for the podcast, is how is meaning for the creator? If I create a photograph, and at the time I created, I thought deeply, I understand the connection, the meaning, the purpose of that photograph. How absolute is that? And this is one of the things that I find so interesting about meaning is meaning changes over time. What you think at 20 is different than what you think at 50. You're exposed to different things. Your worldview changes. The people who influence you change. And so a lot of times we may create an image. We may believe it to be about one thing and then later discover that it could also be about something else. The meaning is different over time. And I think that's one of the most amazing parts about being willing to think about meaning in your work because a couple of things are happening there when you realize that something has evolved and changed. The photograph itself, and when we talk about finding and understanding and reading photographs, there are some things that are accurate to the description of a photograph. It's a color photograph, a black and white photograph. It's in a two by three aspect ratio, or it's a one to one aspect ratio. It was printed on a certain paper. It was an analog print. It was a digital print. There's some things that are sort of, for the most part, not completely 100% known, but there are a lot of things that are in that sphere where we can identify some specifics about them. But everything else is relatively subjective. And to me, when we're early in the process of trying to understand meaning, we can sometimes get caught up in this idea that we need to find the truth, the actual meaning of the photograph. We spend time writing about it, journaling about it, thinking about it, talking about it. We edit, we call, we sequence, all in an effort to get a deeper insight into the work. Now, remember, ultimately what we're trying to do is get a deeper insight into our own relationship to the things we photograph, into our own life through that process. But that meaning, when we decide what something is, we are not then bound by some perverted creativity law that says we are not able to alter that meaning and interpretation later. I see this in the editing processing world as well. So when we're processing and you're using tools and techniques 
that you may return to an image you haven't worked on in years. And you may say, wow, why did I crop it that way? And you completely redo the crop. Or you become a better editor and you and better processor. So you go back in and you change how you would go about processing that work, completely altering the experience of the photograph, thus shifting the meaning because you've become more technically adept at what you're doing. So if we come back to just sort of meaning in, in photography, meaning in our work, I think it speaks to the evolution of the creative spirit and speaks to your growth as an individual as a community, as a group, as a collective, as you are a part of something more than just yourself, and understanding how that meaning changes and evolves. If you have something that it never changed or evolved after years and years and years, I think that might be more suspect. Now, that doesn't mean you can't come back and say, you know, when I first took this photograph, it was really about the angst and pain I was going through when I had a traumatic loss in the family and how sad I was, and how upset I was, and how difficult that was. And then years later to look back and say, you know, that photograph now is about the support and love I felt during a difficult time. Now, part of that is, again, as time changes, as we change and we evolve over time, our memory changes, our memory is highly malleable, and we may not necessarily remember all of the trauma of that moment, but what we remember is the love and support around it. So when we look at a photograph from that time period, we may reinterpret it or compound the experience. And this is one of the things that I think is important in this process is we are not changing A for B. In meaning, A and B can both coexist equally, as could A, B, C, D, E. We could have multiple meanings. Those meanings could all have value. They could all be important and they could all have a relative weighting the same. We don't have to have everything add up to 100%. We could actually have 120% effort. We could have 120% of meaning. We could have more meanings than the jar is supposed to hold because of our ability to adapt and to change. And I think that's important to not give up what something meant at one point in exchange for what it means now. I think there's a way to honor that growth, to honor that insight, to honor that experience, and to honor who you were at that time. And I also think it's a very powerful conversation to have with somebody when they look at your work to say, you know, when I started this work, when I started on this journey of putting together this folio, this book, this image, I was in this sort of headspace. This, this is what I was thinking about. When I return to it now, this is sort of the experience I have. Again, if we go back to the family example, I was in angst and anger and sadness, and now I'm in joy and love. That when we have that dialogue with somebody, when we have that conversation with somebody, and that dialogue, by, by the way, when I say somebody, could be your own dialogue with yourself. When we have that conversation, look at how much more open that is to having a meaningful conversation about the way that work encompasses so many different aspects of potentially who you are and who we are as a collective community. We're allowed and building the space for multiple interpretations. We're allowing for the opportunity for those of us who are trying to create meaningful work to allow that work to be meaningful in multiple ways. This is not propaganda that we're creating. This is not, I'm trying to get a single political point of cross through a message to invoke in you a very specific, specific singular response. That's not what we're talking about here. We are trying to create work that is imbued with 
our essence of ourselves and our humanity and how that reaches out to other people. And again, much of that is oftentimes malleable. Think about your own life and as a non-photographic example. As you go through and find, say you get up in the morning, you're running a little bit late, you have a hard time finding your keys. Now all of a sudden your mental mindset's just off a little bit. The commute seems rougher. People are more jerky behind the car. Your boss isn't that cool at work. You didn't get the right lunch because they were sold out. Everything sort of compounds into this angst state. Versus on the inverse, you get up in the morning, you open the drawer, the thing you thought you had lost was just in a random drawer, just misplaced, but you find it, you get excited. You reach in your back pocket, you find a $20 bill. Then all of a sudden, sitting in the commute, there's rush hour traffic, but you're like, hey, they're playing a block party on my radio station, my favorite music. Oh, I'm just going to get take advantage of listening to all these songs. Our mindset shifts and alters, and it's incredibly different every day, moment to moment, as we react to different things. So embracing that, recognizing that moment, allows for us, again, to make a deeper connection to the work. The homework, the exercise that comes out of this that I think that makes the difference is, one, accepting the fact that you are always going to have a different interpretation of the work when you sit down. Two, recognizing that every one of those is important. So for an exercise, one of the things that I think would be valuable is to grab a collection of your images, grab a collection of your work, place it out and write down what you thought that photograph meant before you took it. What did it mean to you when you first looked at it? What does it mean to you now? And then how many different things do you think it could mean to you if you imagined yourself in a different headspace? What if you were angry? What if you were happy? What if you were sad? What if you were lonely? What if you were feeling like it was the greatest day ever? What are all the different meanings you could ascribe into that photograph? Because that's ultimately what we're doing. We're bringing our awareness of the day and who we are in that moment into that interpretation to define meaning. And one of the goals in working on meaning in photography is finding that, again, that we are making work that we emotionally connect to, that we feel is representative of something about us and bigger than us. Because again, it's not, can I get a specific meaning? It's, does it have meaning? Because if it has meaning, that means it allows for the interpretation of that meaning. That's what connects to other people in work. So starting to imagine all those different ways can start to give you a sense of potentially how you respond to your own imagery. When you look at a photograph that maybe you weren't really a fan of, and you now have to force yourself into, well, what would I think if I was in a really good mood looking at that photograph? Or what if I was a kid and I was thinking about, you know, uh, that Christmas morning experience of opening presents? If I took that feeling and applied that to the photograph, what does that photograph look like? And now maybe that photograph that you weren't such a fan of takes on a different meaning. Now, this is different than me trying to justify a bad photograph. You know, if I've got a photograph that compositionally doesn't hold up, the frame doesn't hold up, the meaning might be there, but I still have the technical issues. So this isn't a bypass tool to say, oh, well, I don't ever have to worry about, you know, any of the technique in photography. I just think about it. it's got 75 meanings and one of them is that it's good. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that to communicate effectively through meaning, we still have to apply the techniques we need to make sure that we're communicating clearly, that the verbal and visual languages that we use still match and that they're still consistent. So it's not a free pass, but it is something to think about how you might approach that work. I hope you have a wonderful week behind the camera. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast and listen to me drone on and on about 
meaning and multiple meanings that exist within imagery. How, like I said, don't forget to check out that Photoshop Virtual Creativity Summit coming up here next week. I think you'll be amazed. Some great classes, some great opportunities. And just as a payment piece on that, if you sign up before next Monday at noon Eastern time, you can get the VIP pass for $99 instead of the regular $159. That'll get you access to all the classes and bonus content and materials. And you can watch the classes whenever you want, even once the conference is over. So don't, don't fret about taking advantage of that if you're so inclined. Again, this is Daniel Gregory, and thank you so much for listening to The Perceptive Photographer, episode 422, and have a great week.